0: Hello, and welcome to You Should Hear This, a podcast for the everyday association professional. I'm Nick Estrada, your host. Last week, I sat down with Sarah Sladek, founder and CEO of XYZ University, one of the nation's only firms focused on generational research and the development of inclusive, intergenerational workplaces. We decided to split that recording into two parts so you wouldn't miss any information. Here's part two you mind talking just a little bit more about the competitive and the gamification kind of components, maybe just an example of what, what could that look like for an association as maybe they're implementing a little bit of what that looks like for our Gen Z folks?
1: Sure. So I'm going to, full transparency, I'm not an expert on different gaming apps and things like that. I myself am not a huge gamer, but I know that gaming is very important to Gen Z, and they have been raised with a lot of gaming and gamification. I think on a deeper level, the gaming piece, uh, yes, competitiveness, Gen Z at a young age, and it, and it is so fascinating looking at parenting and how it has shifted and how it's influenced each generation. You know, Gen X was raised very independent, isolated, figure things out for yourself, very self-sufficient. Uh, millennials were raised uh, very structured childhoods. They're the most protected, supervised, provided for generation in history. And then along comes Gen Z and parenting really shifted again in the aftermath of the great recession. And there was a lot of pressure put on Gen Z at a very young age to get really good at something, to be very competitive. So, which is why we would have and still have, um, you know, a master chef junior with eight year olds on there completely sweating and stressing about, about their cooking. I mean, that has in some aspects positively impacted Gen Z. But in so many aspects, it's negatively impacted Gen Z. So we're seeing a high desire, for, you know, high anxiety and high desire to know whether you are su- succeeding. And so that's where kind of that interactive learning, the dashboarding, the um, tracking, the gamification. It's a great way for associations to begin to combine some of those interests and natural tendencies that Gen Z has, as well as helping Gen Z begin to transition into community, because Gen Z's also have a little bit of that independence bend to them. They tend to be a little bit more introverted and they want an invitation to get involved And they want to see an element of fun in the association because of all this anxiety, because of all the chaos. So they're looking for what does the association do in terms of like team building and some... You know, not just the typical conference with zillions of people, but actual some small group opportunities and networking and gaming and fun. Uh, things where I can learn, but also um, reduce stress and just have, uh, have a good time getting to know other members and deepening those relationships in the process.
0: Thank you for that. So we recognize, right, some things are going to have to change. But at the same time, and I I could be wrong on this, I think that if we change too much, right, we also lose some of who's already here. Um, We shift what they've expected um, out of the association too much, and now they don't feel connected or that they have a place in the association. So how do we change our programs and services, our culture in a way that welcomes and embraces Gen Z, But also ensures that we're tending to the continued needs of our millennial members, our Gen X members, and in some cases, still our baby boomer members.
1: Sure. So I'm going to use a metaphor to answer that. I want you to imagine that uh, you have a pizza parlor that you own, and everyone knows that pizza parlor is serving up the best, the tastiest pizza around, and the audiences flock to your restaurant. For the pizza, it's amazing. And then one day, you have someone walk in and they say, "Do you serve spaghetti?" And you say, "No, we we are pizza twenty four seven pizza pizza pizza." And uh, so the person who wants spaghetti walks away. Now, all uh, that continues to happen, and after a little while, you as the owner of the pizza parlor begin to think, "Well, gosh, maybe we should add spaghetti." Does that mean that all the people who love your pizza are going to leave? No, but it does mean that you're able to expand to reach a new audience who actually wants the spaghetti. Well, the same happens in associations. So I hear this all the time. Well, wait a second. If we make some changes and we actually have conversations with young people and try to onboard young people, we're going to shift all of our attention over there all the, the the baby boomers and older Xers, they're going to revolt and they're going to leave. No, that's not the case. What we're not advocating for is us versus them or doing the, only this for them. What I'm advocating for is to create community for everyone, create a place for everyone to feel like they belong. And what's interesting is that um, those pizza parlor people, what happens when you add in some new people and new ideas, new products, new services, what we have found time and time again with our research is that there is actually a membership boom that happens across all ages because the people who have been there for a while start to get excited. People are excited about innovation. No one wants to be part of something that's always the same. That's a huge myth in membership. Well, we've always done it this way. We need to keep doing it that way. That's, that's nothing could be further from the truth. People like to see an association that's leading and innovating and trying new things and being responsive to the market it serves and never getting stagnant or comfortable with status quo. So I think that, um, it's not about if we start doing this, all these people are gonna go away and they're gonna say, you don't care about us. No, it's about, hey, we are bringing in some new new programming for some uh, people who um, need more flexibility, need more hands-on, need more career development, such so on and so forth. We're going to keep doing our newsletter, but we're going to add some more videos for those who are visual learners. It's just thinking about being multifaceted for a multi-generational community of people and not appealing to a very small segment of the membership, but trying to appeal to the entire segment of the membership.
0: Yeah. I mean, even in that example, that makes me think of from an educator lens, right? That's the same as making sure that your presentations have, you know, the The three kinds of learning, right? That there's something that's going to be there for everybody at some point, you know, the auditory piece is me speaking, the tactile actually doing it. And the auditory person may not like the tactical, you know, or the, the tactile stuff, right. but as, at the same time, that's why there's the auditory piece for them throughout the presentation. Right. So it's still hitting on all the things while making sure everybody has something.
1: Um, right. You know, to, to, to get really deep for a second, <laughs> We have this is all new, and I feel like that's important to note because throughout history, really, for, this is happening for the first time in history. Throughout history, it's all been about kind of that siloed hierarchical approach to everything, whether it's membership or workplace, and a very independent approach. And, um, so in other words you pay your dues, you work your way up a ladder, you're appointed to leadership, then you have power. And and that's been since really caveman days. The elder of any society had all the power, all the wisdom. And it's only recently that we've begun to realize that that is an incredibly counterproductive, damaging model in today's society. Because today, Society is moving so incredibly fast. There's so much change happening. But also, just as we're talking about Gen Z right now, we're seeing the development of new influences and skill sets and behaviors because of the rapid change. So so now all of a sudden, and this isn't something we teach people to do. This isn't something we've had to learn to do. But now all of a sudden, we have to figure out how to work as teams how to be inclusive of, um, of a group of people who have very different backgrounds and skill sets and experiences. We have to figure out how to collaborate and innovate together. And it used to be collaboration was something you did like once a year, you know, we'll bring a, a task force or team together for this one project. It's going to be really special. We're going to all collaborate. Otherwise, just keep doing more of the same and stay in your silos, stay in your traditions. Well, we got to we have to break out of that mold and it, there is a huge learning curve with this cuz literally this has never happened before in history so it's natural that people think well, wait a second if we do this for young people what about all the established experienced people who are here because that's how society has has run for so long and that's who's been most valued in society and we got to think differently we got to think like a community and not as a hierarchy.
0: I think that's a really good way to think about it because in that processing. So if I, my thoughts seem odd here, the, the concept of the, yeah, like we are constantly just needing to make sure that we're a team now versus you're right. Like, I feel like as I think about how my grandparents or even my parents have talked about work in the past, it was I did my job. I did the thing I needed to do. I accomplished X. And now I feel like even just today, I hear so much more about my team, our team, we did X. Um, And I think you're right that that means that as we change those kinds of components, you're right. It's no longer about this is only for them and they can't take advantage of it. It's now, how might that help? And even as you were talking about kind of the, the new programs and services. So I work mostly with a trade group and I was thinking wow, if I could introduce some new things for those younger professionals, my older representatives from companies might see that now as a new resource that they can provide their young talent.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Right? And so that that provides value now to the member company as well as that individual because now that's something maybe they don't have to train on. They can say, you know what? We're going to send you to the association to get that training because they do it really well. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, And, and, and as you mentioned with training and workforce, I mean, that is a huge problem right now across all industries and globally it's workforce, 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 we're in the great resignation, the quiet quit, but, but employee disengagement has been accelerating for quite some time. And actually a few years ago, the United Nations came out and they said, okay, workforce is a chief global concern. And it is time for us of organizations of all types and sizes and countries to start working with youth, not for youth, as well as young professionals. So, but again, radical change. We're not used to doing that, but we—but yes, the more we can provide to educate all, the more we can help. Our members solve some of these challenges in workforce. The more we can community build across the spectrum, the healthier our associations will be.
0: I think my final question for you today is around just misnomers. I think every generation gets them, right? They are these five bad things, and that's the thing you've got to watch out for. So I'm curious, does Gen Z already have some misnomers? Are there some things that are not Probably true about them, but that we're already starting to believe, right? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a prime example for millennials. Uh, you know, we only want trophies. We, you know, all the things, right? Like, what are the what are the misnomers that are out there about Gen Z already that we should be, I think, aware of, so that when we're interacting with them, we can combat those biases.
1: Right. So I think a lot of people think Gen Z is difficult, demanding highly individualized generation. So, uh, and I say that because again, um, Gen Z is not afraid to use platforms, speak up, call attention to things. (laughs) They've been raised to question authority. They've had the platform to, to tweet the president, you know, that, that type of thing. So they're, they're no stranger to being able to speak up and use their voice, but, other generations look at that as really gregarious. And, um, oh my gosh, uh, I have to be so careful around them. They're a little bit scary because <laughs> they're demanding things to be really good, really great. But there's also that, wow, I don't understand this generation. There's And, and, and a lot has happened with Gen Z in terms of, again, brain development, social development. But also, Gen Zs have been raised during a time of when diversity and inclusion have been celebrated. Um, they're the first generation to be raised with marriage equality. And uh, you know, calling into question things like gender and gender stereotypes and they're doing a lot of self exploration. In some ways, they are modern hippies. They're really, you know, thinking about all types of things and questioning all types of things in our society and uh, protesting about all types of things in our society. So um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from people that, gosh, I'm a little scared of Gen Z. <laughs> Um, and we can't be scared of Gen Z. We gotta welcome them in. Or, or another example I just heard from someone who just hired a Gen Z. They hi- they they gave the job offer. You're hired. Fantastic. Two days later, the, the Gen Z hadn't even started the job, actual job yet. The the young person contacted this employer and said, "Yeah, I quit." <laughs> She's like, you haven't even started the job yet. Uh, What are you talking about? Why are you quitting? And this person said, well, because from the time you told me I have the job and my start date, I expected things to be moving a lot faster. I don't even have paperwork yet. It's taking you way too long. So I don't want to be a part of this culture. I'm out. And um, so now this employer's like, oh my gosh, is this how this generation is going to be? Because we're not ready for this. And I'm kind of scared to try to hire another Gen Z and how it's going to go. So this began, as you know, with your generation, the millennial generation, there began to be pushing towards faster change, instant gratification, speed, You know, relevance, all these things that we're talking about, customization, personalization. Um, but so many work environments and association cultures, they they lag behind. They're still catching up. And quite frankly, it happened way back when I was a Gen Xer and I was raising those questions about, wait a second, what's going to happen if we don't engage young people and pay attention to the trends and what's happening? Sooner or later, we're going to see disengagement and decline and associations and workplaces have observed both of that and in increasing numbers since the mid-1990s. So we are getting to a place where either, either uh, quite frankly, organizations are going to change or they're going to die. There just is, you're either evolving and you're staying relevant or you're not. And you are declining and will will decline to the point of being closed. Because Gen Z is the exclamation point on all this change. They will not stand for anything. And yeah, is that scary? Yeah, but it's also a tremendous opportunity.
0: I like that. Change or die at the end of the day, really, right? Like, right. And I think we see that in the corporate world a lot. And I think... I've always been an advocate of this i think we can learn a lot from the corporate world it's not always a one-for-one in our space but i think there's a lot of things we can see there they do change a lot faster than we do and and i think that they are they recognize the market forces that are there i think sometimes we try to stave those off so i I really like that concept of we we have to change or we're not going to be here Um, and so again kind of back to a lot of what you've said our opening we can't just accommodate this new generation. We really have to be a team with them. We've got to make sure that they're a part of those decisions and um, and help us guide that change really at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. We are better when we're working together and uh, and, and learning and growing and creating relevant communities together. And that's really what membership's all about. It's about membership. Membership's a, you know, a definition of community. Membership is supposed to be about belonging and belonging by definition is ownership and relationship. So when you think about things in those terms and you look at how things are declining and disengagement's happening, membership organizations in many aspects just simply aren't doing their job of community building and creating places for belonging. So we have to do better.
0: That'll be our, our tagline for this this one. You, we have to do better. Because you're right, <laughs> yeah. we do. Sarah, this has been a great conversation. Um, thank you for being here with us today to talk about, I think, a really important topic mm. um, and to give us some more insight into it. Any other kind of last minute kind of thoughts or comments? Maybe some things that maybe we didn't cover today or, mm. or teasers for more information for folks in the future?
1: Ooh, I will just say, if you are just now starting to think about Gen Z, you're already behind the curve. Which Gen Zs already in their, their mid-20s, the oldest Zs. And we're soon going to start turning our attention to the next, next generation, which I'm sure has been heavily impacted by pandemic. And um, and we're already seeing examples of change. So change is just, we got to get real, real comfortable with change because it continues to happen. And that's why we continue to have really different generations coming into the fold. Got to make sure your association's ready for them.
0: Well, again, thank you so much for being here with us today, Sarah. Uh, If folks are interested in learning more about this topic, future generations, membership in general, how can they reach out to you? How can they find you on the Internet?
1: Certainly. You can find me at XYZUniversity.com or membership-university.com.
0: Fantastic. Again, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode of You Should Hear This. If you have any questions you'd like answered or future topics you'd like us to explore, please send us an email at info at isae.org.